Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of We All Might Need a Little Therapy. My name's Tiana Tyler, and I'm here. I'm very exhausted and drained, but I'm here. Um, Happy Wednesday. I hope you all are having a great week so far. And let's get right into this topic. Um, So, I feel out of pocket because when I post this, it's not going to be Black History Month anymore, but we all know that Black History is 365 days a year, okay? Um, And I haven't done an episode catered to Black History Month, but I need to. So, this is what we're doing today. Um, And this episode was inspired by Tariq Ali's episode where he discussed like his Blackness and his anti-Blackness. Um, and his journey with his self to get back to his black self. So when I heard it, I was just like, I need to do something like this for my podcast. Um, and here we are. So (laughs) I'm low key, high key embarrassed to speak about this. Um, because I've never told anyone this story, but um I guess I'm gonna say it today whatever (laughs) it's a part of my story so you gotta discuss it and um yeah judge your mother okay (laughs) don't judge me but today I'm going to be talking about how rejecting my blackness came full circle recently like last week recently um Okay, so let's get right into it. So, oof. First of all, I just want to start off by saying, thank the Lord that I'm in a completely different place with my Blackness and my identity as a Black woman. Um, Because even though I still struggle with it, I was way worse before, which we're we're going to get into. But I just want to preface preference girl I think I'm saying that word right I really don't know preface preface there we go by saying I'm in a different place now um and so amen to that right so I just wanted to start by saying that but I think as black people um Well, I'll speak for me and my experience. Growing up, I wasn't really aware of, you know, obviously the injustice and the identity crisis that comes with being Black in America. And growing up, I didn't have, like, that um, security within my own self and my identity to be comfortable and safe and happy in my blackness so growing up has been really hard for me in that sense of understanding and being comfortable in my blackness because I don't feel like it was something that was taught to me um in my household or just in general it was just something that you kind of had to learn to do as you got older because of what world we live in right Um, 
And so I'll start with that because now that I'm older and I understand what being black in America is, I wish that growing up I had more of um just I just wish it was more valued as a child. Um and something to take Ooh, I can't think of no words today, y'all. I'm so tired. Okay. Something to take more pride in. There we are. When I was younger. Because now that I'm older and I'm an adult, I realize how prideful I should be as a Black woman. Um, And it's something I would want to teach my kids one day. To be prideful in, the, prideful in their Blackness and be happy in their Blackness. Despite what the world around us says and does to black bodies and black people. So I just wanted to start off by saying that. Um, and I, I talked a little like very briefly about how growing up it wasn't taught to be happy and prideful. Um, and obviously since I'm a light skinned black woman, my experience was different because I didn't experience a lot of things that my counterparts who are dark, darker than me may have experienced, which is something I have to um, acknowledge because my experience is going to be way different than someone who's dark skin. And I definitely understand that. Um, but it was also hard. Like, and I used to feel so bad for saying that because I know it's harder for darker people, right? There's a such thing as light skin privilege and things like that. But it still was hard. It still is hard as a black woman. Um, and it still is kind of a tricky thing for me to accept because I don't fully understand the depths of my blackness, right? Um, growing up, like, it was always a joke in my family. Um, my uncle called me white girl. And obviously it was a joke. And it still is a joke. Um, but, like, <laughs> kind of problematic. But it's, it's a joke. So I would always get questions of, was I mixed? things like that. And I just never really understood what any of that meant until I got to like high school, honestly. Like I never understood the differences between being mixed, being light-skinned, being like, obviously it's a, a physical difference, but I never understood the depths of differences of blackness because there's so many different forms of blackness. I never understood it. Um, and it always left me confused about my own identity because people asked me, was I mixed so much that I started to think I was mixed? Knowing damn well I wasn't mixed. Like, I'm just black. I'm black. <laughs> um, and you, like, society makes, mm, let me, let me say this the right way. I think I didn't understand it when I was younger, but now that I'm older, I understand the narrative of mixed and like exotic and like you have these different 
things that make you one person, but I didn't realize how much of an impact it had on my mind as a little black girl, like thinking I'm better than someone because people are calling me mixed or asking me if I'm mixed or thinking that I'm not black because people are asking me if I'm mixed. Like you see, like my mind was starting to question, like, am I? Um, and I just always struggled with that as a child. Even though I knew I wasn't, it was like, I don't want to use the word delusion, but it was, I was kind of delusional um, because I ran with this narrative of mixed because I thought it was cool and I, I didn't think it was cool to be black. Mm. Child, I didn't think it was cool to be black because like nobody from the outside looking in, like nobody like made that a cool thing around me. Um, and even at school, like you would see the girls who may have been mixed, curly hair, lighter skin, get most attention from their counterparts or they're the most popular or things like that. And you would just really start to think like, well, I'm gonna run with this because if this is what's cool, then this is what I need to be, right? Um, and so I think that played a major part in like my struggle with my identity also contributing to me rejecting my blackness because now I'm running with this narrative of mixed, right? So much so to the point. <laughs> and this is where the story comes in that I never told anybody that I'm low-key embarrassed about. Um, So much so to the point where when I was younger on job applications, when they asked you like your race and ethnicity, I was checking other. Me. Me. I was checking other. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. And it probably don't seem like that big of a deal. But you're not mixed, girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny because what? I really would check other on job applications because I ran with this narrative that I'm mixed or that I'm like white or mixed with white and the reality of the situation is based on our history I probably I probably am mixed with white Ugh. but <laughs> not like I'm not so I'm black and that is what I mean by I was rejecting my blackness because here I am in my mind knowing I'm one thing right but running with this narrative of what people have made cool and placed upon me and asked me so much that I'm checking other on a job application girl you're not other you're very much black and um Ooh, I can't believe I was doing it. Like, but it just shows me how uncomfortable I was with my blackness, how uncomfortable I was with people thinking that I was black. 
fully. You know what I mean? Um, and another contribution to that was my rejection of my black hair, which could be a whole season of this podcast. Okay. Um, who I think growing up hair, my hair has always been an issue. And I know a lot of black people go through this black. I'll say black woman. Um, cause I don't know. I don't know the, uh, process mental process for black men, but I'll say, I know a, a lot of black women go through, you know, the struggle with their hair and that's a whole nother identity in itself. But I just remember from a very young age and I having a healthy relationship with my hair, not liking my hair. I still find myself today not liking my hair. Um, but you know, when I was younger, um, I'll get my hair done every two weeks pressed in the Dominicans, which we thought it was cool before, but like now you older and you know that they perm your hair and things like that. And that much heat to your hair is not healthy. It's just not. Um, but I straighten my hair and I think I'm a whole different person. Like, that's not how they work. <laughs> or, you know, the fact that um, when I was younger, my mom used to always braid my hair. And if you know me today, you know my signature style is braids because that's just what I've become comfortable in. Um, Because I don't have to deal with my hair. So you see how this unhealthy relationship and me rejecting my blackness has blossomed into my adult life where I still don't feel comfortable with even my hair as a black woman. Um, and I'm always quick to put my hair in a protective style because I don't want to physically deal with it because I don't like it. Right. Um, and doing all of these things to, I guess, ease the process of my hair putting it in braids, getting a weave, which I have right now, and things like that, um, just to further reject my blackness. Now, I will say I'm in a different place where I'm not as afraid of my hair because before it was a fear of my hair and a fear of judgment of my hair because... <sighs> I don't have <laughs> that curly hair that you wet and it curls. Like I have that hair where you wet it and it's an Afro and you can't get a comb through it. And it's just always been a struggle for me. Struggle. So, um, I still find ways to reject it and I think now I'm more um, self-aware to acknowledge that and I won't say be okay with it, but now I'm at a place where like, 
so much is going on in life. That's just another thing that is going to feel like an unpaid job is dealing with my hair. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Um, and it's sad, honestly, but it's the reality of the situation. It's something that I didn't realize was super small, but huge in my process of rejecting my blackness. Um, and so coming back to, um, being younger and checking this other box, thinking that I was something that I wasn't, you go into these different places, um, like college and a workplace and you are, you are made aware very quickly of who you are. <laughs> so let me give an example because my high school, I went to a high school with people who looked just like me. College was my first experience with people who didn't look like me and um, was for sure a culture shock. Lord, I can't speak. Was for sure a culture shock for me. Um, cause I went to a PWI predominantly white institution, which I'll do a, an episode on, but that's going to wake you up. That's going to wake you up with the quickness. Like if you don't know who you are, dumb white people at that school and all white people with authority at that school going to remind you real quick. And America going to remind you real quick. So I'm going to give it. <laughs> hmm. Me checking other as if I was something I wasn't. And how I was humbled very quickly in college. Um, and. I have a witness who's probably going to listen to this episode, but. I remember a certain experience in college where I was wearing my natural hair out, which that's crazy that I was doing that, but I was wearing my natural hair out in college and um, we had just come back from like a field trip or a trip to Hershey Park. And we were sitting in like this lounge room at the fireplace talking, me and my, you know, the people I was with at the time, excuse me. And um, I think we all were natural. So I had a little Afro, my friend had a little Afro and we were talking or whatever. And this white girl comes in, first of all, invades our whole privacy as they do anyway <laughs> and I don't know how the conversation started but number one she asked us where we related oh child white people just don't know what to say and like I God help them you know because First of all, you, I think she saw our hair out 
in the afros and automatically assumed because we were black and our hair was out that we were related right so that's the first question are you guys related no <laughs> we're not and then the next question are you guys from the hood y'all Ooh, I still think to this day, I probably take this so overboard. But then again, I think I'm minimizing the situation when I felt very offended. Rightfully so. Because did you just ask us, are we from the hood? Because our hair is out and because we black? And this is what I mean by <laughs> rejecting my blackness because this is what happens when I try to embrace my blackness. I get questions like this. Are you related to your friend who's black? We don't look alike. So that's not the question. And are you from the hood? So <laughs> college just made me like I was trying to embrace my blackness because when you're at a predominantly white institution, I feel like the black person in the inner child, the black inner child in you is screaming at you to embrace your blackness. Like I can't explain it. I don't think anybody who, who hasn't been through the experience will understand, but it's like something in you is screaming to embrace your inner blackness because your environment is telling you to reject it. Um, and that's just one example of how trying to embrace my blackness went south <laughs> in college. That's one example. Um, I don't even remember why I told that story, but it was connected to my hair and that self-rejection of my blackness because of my hair and how that came full circle. But in more recent times, <laughs> woo. So I went to, I had a doctor's appointment recently and um, I had got my papers to like, you know, my doctor's appointment papers, like, you know, the doctor's note or whatever. And on it was my race and ethnicity or my race. And it said white Caucasian. And I said, huh? Huh? When I tell y'all I marched back into that doctor's office so fast and was like, what is this? But this is what I mean by things came full circle because on job applications, I was putting other white. And now on this doctor's note, y'all are putting white Caucasian. And so for me, that was a moment of... um. That just was a full circle moment 
because it showed me how I have so much more work to do on this journey to fully accepting myself as a black woman and how my past is still showing up in my future in a way. Now, like I said, I'm in a completely different place of acceptance and love and pride in my blackness, but there are still holes in that love and pride and happiness of my blackness. There are still holes, and this reminded me of that hole or those holes. Um... It goes much deeper than what I, I referenced, but it just shows me how complex confusion and just uncomfortableness in your own identity can be. And how that manifests manifests into different things in your life. One being here, one being like complete rejection for your own identity. And um, I have a lot of work to do with that, but I just wanted to share this story because I see a big difference in a lot of growth and how far I've come with my comfortableness with myself as a woman, first of all, and as a black woman, because who dual identity, like that's a lot there to unpack. And this is just a start. Um, but I just wanted to share my, my experience as a black, a piece of my experience as a black person. Um, because I didn't do that for Black History Month. Why, I don't know. But I really wanted to talk about that. Um, just in case anybody has been through something similar. Or, you know, I just thought it was crazy that that came full circle for me. And showed me, like, damn, you really was doing that at a point. You know? Um, I hope in the future, like... Well, I know in the future when it's time for me to bring whatever I'm going to bring into this world, there's going to be so much pride and happiness and love in acknowledging blackness and how important it is. That they're going to be sick of it. My kids. They're going to be tired. They ain't going to hear it no more. Because that's something I wish I had. In my childhood. To make me feel more secure. Within myself. And not question myself as a black woman. And my importance as a black woman. And my security as a black woman. Um. Y'all, I hope that made sense because I feel like I, I rambled. But 
this was my experience with uh, my own self-rejection. And I'm going to keep going and see what God is trying to tell me <laughs> as I grow into this blossoming Black woman that I see myself becoming. Um, and that I'm happy to be, right? Being Black is a superpower. And I'm just, although it could be hard, you know, more times than not, I'm very much happy that I'm a Black woman, that I'm a part of Black history. You know, and that I'll give life to Blackness. That makes me happy. So I'm going to wrap it up, y'all. Um, love your Blackness, please. Okay? If you got to work to get there, that's okay. We all doing the work, but... Love your blackness. Blackness black is beautiful. Black is powerful. Black is needed. It it's what makes this country run. Okay? This world run. So I love y'all. Um I hope y'all got a laugh out of this. <laughs> and I'm gonna talk to y'all next week, okay? Peace out.